sporting news, reviews and previews. This is the Sports Desk. Good morning and welcome to the Sports Desk on your Friday morning. Welcome to October. It's the 8th of October and plenty of sport to get through. Um, got some good news with the Ashes it's, uh, going ahead. Uh, we've plenty of news to get through. We're going to jump straight into it. Good morning to you, Jack. Good morning, Sammy. How are you? Very, very good. We've got some um, exciting news and we're in October. Can you believe that? September is done and dusted very quickly and now... Uh, October. It's um, very crazy. Another year nearly passed. Another year of sport nearly passed. It's been um, a great year of sport, really. But, um, yeah, it's sad that this year's gone quickly. Nobody expected Victoria to be in lockdown this long. But, you know, we always got sport to um, keep us company. Of course. Uh, and firstly, we're going to get to uh, a shocking footage, if you haven't seen it online. Uh, a Brazilian soccer player has been charged with attempted murder after he brutally kicked a referee in the head during a lower league game uh, in the nation's south, Sao Paulo RS player. I think that's how you say it, Sao Paulo. Paulo? Um, yep. William Ribeiro uh, attacked the referee after he awarded a foul against him during a lower league game away to Guarani de Venacio Eres. <laughs> Forgive my Spanish. Uh, in footage of the attack, uh, referee Rodrigo... Um, Creviliaro rolls along the pitch into a frame uh, as Ribeiro lifts himself from the ground next to him. Uh, Ribeiro then swings into kick, making contact with the back of the referee's head. The referee then lies motionless on the ground as the other players move in to attempt to calm the situation. So it's just terrible. He's injured himself and then just not when you... One of the worst things I've seen on a football pitch ever... Um, so rightly so, a dangerous move like that could kill someone. So, um, absolutely, it's just not on, isn't it? Um, it's just so farcical. Some of this stuff. Um, I mean, if you watch the footage, how quickly riot police get onto the scene. There are guys with shields and batons just waiting there, waiting for something to go wrong. I mean. Mm. Uh, I understand the love of the sport and the passion behind it, but we have to seriously take a good hard look at ourselves and how much sport is worth it because that is just terrible. Um, yeah, wow, we. Yeah, definitely not what you want to see uh, in the world of sport. That's one probably one of the darkest um, things I've seen. But uh, look, hopefully the message spreads around that it doesn't matter where in your world that is unacceptable uh, on the pitch. So hopefully we never see anything like that again. Um, other news, AFL news. Collingwood set for their third president in 12 months after quarter steps down. Former, former AFL legal advisor Jeff Brown appears set to become Collingwood's next president after an incumbent, Mark Corder, brought forward his departure from the position. Uh, Mark Corder was appointed as Collingwood's president in February. He will remain at the club as a director. Jeff Brown, uh, Renee Roberts and Barry Carp have nominated for this position on the board. Corder will see out the term on the Magpies board but will stand down as president um, before the club's general meeting on December 16 taking over from Collingwood's presidency in February after the departure of Eddie Maguire Corder has uh, had to contend with the threat of board challenges and member-led emergency general meetings uh, Brown who was close friend of Maguire has had no secret in his desire to take control of the board so pretty interesting Collingwood doesn't seem really settled but that's pretty crazy yeah, um, I mean, it's a bit of a one step forward, two steps back, isn't it? Um, it's clearly tumultuous and clearly the board 
hasn't agreed and can't agree on a decision, any decision really. And um, I don't. You meant you just said it then that he's a good friend of Eddie Maguire. He's actually a great mate. It's interesting to see them go back to an Eddie Maguire type. They, we all hope they would get away from this and just you know have a behind the scenes president to do what needs to be done. But um, clearly that's not what they want. They clearly want um a bit of an ego, a personality running the ship. So it's going to be um interesting to see how that goes for them. Yeah, yeah, d- definitely um, pretty interesting. Uh, we saw a couple of years ago with the board challenges with Richmond. Um, exactly right. That was pretty riveting. But uh, look, it worked out for you guys in the end. So <laughs> once you get exactly, over that, those I mean, Exactly. That's what happens when you don't let the board dictate a footy club and you let the coaches and you let the footy department dictate a footy club. It's just there's a lot of people wanting to have their t- get their two cents in, isn't there? Especially with, um, I mean, we, you've seen what's happened with Carlton. I know you definitely have, Sammy. Um, yep. you, need, you need to keep a separation between the business and the footy department. And I think a lot of clubs recently are struggling with that. Yeah, well, certainly it felt like we were successful business-wise um, this year, yeah. uh, but not on the footy field. That exactly was the right. thing. And you can't have a business yeah. without a footy team. So that's... Exactly. Spot on. Spot on. Um, also, Toby Green's probably woken up with some bad news today. Uh, he's oh. had his umpire suspension doubled from three weeks to uh, six after the AFL appealed the original decision made by the tribunal. Uh, Green was initially suspended for three matches after being found guilty of making intentional contact with umpire Matt Stevick following an incident during the Giants' dramatic one-point elimination final win over Sydney. Uh, this year, but the AFL decided to appeal the decision after criticism from Chief Executive Gillan McLaughlin with the league revealing they would be uh, seeking a six-week ban for Green and appeal uh, after the AFL season was completed. Uh, and with the AFL's appeal being upheld, Green will miss the first five matches of the 2022 season, having already served one match of his ban during the semi-final loss to Geelong. So what do you think of that? I think that is the absolute definition, and now we have a dictionary proof of the Toby tax. That is outrageous. That is ridiculous. The AFL very rarely ever appeals a decision because they usually just accept the decision handed down by the tribunal. I think it's just a, a, a gross overstep in power. And once again, you've got to keep the footy separate from this. seems like the higher-ups in the AFL having an issue with Toby Green and how he does it. I mean, if this was any other player, I do not think we'd be having this conversation right now. And I just think that's absolutely ridiculous and not fair to Toby Green. I understand having uh, to keep an eye on players who are notorious for um, issues on the field, but this is just ridiculous. I'm, I'm astounded that the decision has come to this. How about you, mate? Yeah, I don't know if I like this review. They made the decision weeks ago. Why do they need to change it now? Exactly. They were happy with that then. Um, yeah. So, yeah, not sure if I like that. Uh, I mean, the punishment was bad enough. I know, I know, look, it's a very important issue with the umpires and there was a lot of talk, but I think that's all they needed. That's all that needed. Mm. He missed the finals. He missed probably a really big game. I couldn't. I agree, um, I agree. So the fact that they bring it up now again, uh, I think it's a, I think it's a step mm. above. And uh, look, I'd, it was always a thing with, uh, with Toby Green. I'd, I'd I didn't think actually, but are they? Is this reactive? Is this reactive from media stories? Is this what? What, what is? It is. It absolutely is. That's the Toby tax for you. I mean, because he's this guy who has a thug image and he's a bit of a grub on the footy field. That 
the media dislike him, and so the AFL decided, you know what, let's just up, let's just up it to get a bit of media points here, and it's just, it's blown my mind. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that's really good. Um, mm. I mean, that's just, yeah, trying to comply with the image, um, the image. Exactly right. Yeah, which is uh, yeah interesting. Hopefully, we don't see much much of that in the future. The after appeal decisions, um, uh, and also news with the Ashes uh, mentioned off the top. Uh, they've come to an agreement, uh, which means some of the families can um, quarantine here as well with the players. Keep the players happy, um, and uh, it will mean. I think they're doing some of it at. Um, Oh, what's that nice part? Uh, the Yarra Valley. So they're down near some wineries and stuff. So yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's not a bad spot. Space down there. Yeah. Um, um, so they've been yeah. pretty happy with that in the end, I think, the cricket players. Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're, I still I fully understand that they want to be around their families. But um, at the end of the day, they're sporting people who played international sport and they're away from their families a lot of the time. It just... We happen to be a destination where the families tend to come and um, and um, watch the games with them. I mean, we wouldn't be this would this would not be the conversation if um, England had a tour in Sri Lanka. Let's say, I mean, very rarely do families ever go on test tours. This Australia tends to be the only exception, and so it's just interesting to see that um, we've conformed to England's request here. Um, it'll be. I want to see how it goes now, if there are going to be any further issues. I mean, if there is a COVID breach from the England team, you could imagine that oh, yeah. the alarm bells will ring and it, uh, it'll just turn ugly very quickly. What are, they're probably not experienced. Uh, I'm not sure, but uh, I think, as you said, about them playing in England and not really coming much out of Europe or, or somewhere. So they're probably not used to some of the, you know, the initial, you know, like with the footy players early on, exactly where we've been right. state to state. Um, so yeah, it's, it's lucky how privileged they are to travel. So yeah, hopefully we don't see any COVID breaches or anything like that because, uh, mm. um, I, I think that'll cut the, the tournament. Uh, wasn't there a problem with the, the tennis players when they first came down last year? Yeah, ex- exactly right. There's a lot of anger where they had to spend 14 days in the hotel quarantine. Um, but if you looked at it, the players that had issues were players who had come from countries where COVID wasn't really treated well or their their quarantine rules were just absolutely rubbish so um it's just you know different cultures clashing i guess and um it'll be interesting to see how well how grateful england are for what australia has done to to host this test match i mean i read a, i read an article earlier today saying that um this this um tour wouldn't would would keep australia financially viable yes but England, the England cricket team is officially bankrupt for the first time in like 25 years because of the lack of cricket. And this is a huge coup for them. Mm. Um, it's just baffles me sometimes how sporting players and leagues can just try and take and take and take and expect not to have to compromise. So, yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Well, it's a bit of interesting news this morning. More on the way. We've got some AFL trade talk uh, right up next. A few um, pretty interesting cross-team changing. Um, It's interesting always this time of year, trade news. Uh, Always some bizarre um, theories and (laughs) speculations going around. Um, Yeah, mega trades. Mega trades. Oh, is that? Yeah, they're the trades where we've got like, you know, 
four clubs involved giving picks for next year. Oh, it's, it's crazy. But we can't wait to delve into it. That's all next right here on the Sports Desk. This is John Newman. Love me again right here on Sin. John Newman, love me again on the Sports Desk on your Friday morning. And it's time to talk some AFL trade talk. And yes, the season may be over, but it doesn't mean the footy stops talking <laughs> in Melbourne. Um, <laughs> whoa, we've got some whopping trades uh, um, already, and it's only been, what, the first couple really? of days? Four. Um, We're up to day four. Day, day four finished yesterday. Day four finished yesterday. All right. Take us through some of the big guns and then some of the murmurs that have been around. All right, we'll start with what's already happened. All right, Jake Kelly has gone to Essendon. Adelaide have received a compensation pick for that. Marbio Chol has gone to the Gold Coast as an unrestricted free agent. Richmond have received a compensation pick in the second round, which is a bit higher than anyone was expecting. George Hewitt to Carlton. Nathan Kruger to Collingwood. The Pies have loaded up on um, this draft. They've gone absolutely draft, um, draft pick crazy with second round picks, two third round picks, a fifth round pick and a future fourth-round selection. This is all because they want Nick Dacos, the father-son pick, who was projected to go pick yep. one. They need to load up on points for that because it, everyone's going to have a crack at him and the Collingwood will want him and they'll have to use basically all their draft picks to get him, I imagine. Um, Jeremy, Jeremy Finlayson has left GWS for Port Adelaide as a um, free agent and GWS will receive a third round, future third-round selection. That's a good pickup. Great pickup. He's an underrated player, and he plays especially well in um, forward lines where he doesn't have to be an absolute star, which Port will have heaps of players around him to support him. Luke Dunstan has chosen Melbourne over the Gold Coast as an unrestricted free agent, which I think is a poor decision by him because, let's be honest, he will not play another AFL game in his career now um, unless there's massive injuries at Melbourne. Um which is surprising. I mean, you do want to be around a premiership team, but if you're not going to play in the team, I don't see the point, really. Do you get me, Sam? Yeah, I feel like that's going to be a hard team to break into now, especially with the players that were... Uh, so, pretty interesting. I know sometimes teams, you know, win a flag. Uh, look, they're definitely going to be up there next year, but... Uh, Absolutely. Mm, interesting one, that one. Yep. yep. Um, there was a mega trade between four clubs, the D's, Dogs, Adelaide, and the St Kilda. It was all just pick swaps <laughs> and going crazy. Um, oh, no. it's, Melbourne, it's, it's not one of one. Yeah. It's not one of those ones. Uh, like a few years ago, uh, Carlton did Adelaide future picks, and where we finished, and it was just the whole ride for the whole year. It was terrible. Yeah, no, it's just um, this one is all just future fourth rounders. Melbourne picked up the the seventeenth pick, um, but it's once again, it's just I don't. I mean, I'm sure it's all to do with tra- um, draft points and what they need in the draft, but um, it's a bit dubious for me. Um, Collingwood also picking up um, picks from Frio um, I assume um, this is just more draft points from him Will Brody to Fremantle, the Gold Coast star he's, they get a future second round and a future fourth in compensation for Will Brody um, the big one, Chera to Carlton Adam Chera to Carlton um, <laughs> um, it's, um, it's an interesting one he's an absolute star and he will be a great um, great asset to Carlton, but Frio do receive a pick, um, pick six for him, and a future third round selection, which is massive in this draft. Mm-hmm. Um, that'll, I think, I think we're not done with Frio this draft, um, this trade period. I think Frio are going to pick up a big, big name. I have, I have a 
feeling that they're they're looking for something that they're trying something here. Um, Tim O'Brien, the Hawthorne um, star, is signed on to Western Bulldogs and unrestricted free agent. Also, an odd move by him. Once again, it's a bit um, it's a bit Luke Dunstan for me. He won't play, I don't think, unless there's massive injuries to that team. Um, but I guess you know you've got to go where you want to be, and if he wants to be at the doggies, then he can be at the doggies. I guess you get me. Yep. So, what are some of your uh, give some of them a rating of the ones that have been completed so far? So, give me you know three golds from there, and then a couple of bronzes and silvers. All right. Um. Good. Good pickups. Marbury Cholder Gold Coast. That is excellent for the Gold Coast. Yep. He's a very young star. Uh, I mean, we've seen how ruck forwards are in such high commodity, and that's a huge pickup for them. Um, Finn Lason to Port Adelaide, absolutely excellent, no issues there. And uh, Chera to Carlton, I mean, that's that's a win win for both teams. Chera wanted out, and Freo clearly want picks, and they got pick six. Um, terrible, well, not terrible, I'll say bronze, you're right. Um, uh, Jake Kelly to Essendon, that's a bit of an odd one, he's <laughs> aging. Um, Essendon always uh, come out with some strange ones, they're just yeah, very bizarre. Their trade. I don't, yeah, I don't see why they want him, but I'm sure they've got their reasons. I mean, they are struggling in the back line, and I guess they could use him, and I think he'll play, but he's just not the guy I would have gone after. Um, Luke Dunstan, as I said, that's dubious, that one. I don't understand his decision. I mean, it's at the end of the day, as an unrestricted free agent, it's his decision. He would have gotten paid more probably lived a better lifestyle and actually played games up in the Gold Coast. And here he'll just end his career as a VFL player, basically. And um, I guess he really wanted to stay in, in Melbourne. Um, that's about it. Um, oh, one final trade. Sam Petrescu seed into West Coast. Oh, Lewis is that done? Young, that is done. Oh. Lewis Young to the Carlton Blues. So, um, Seaton to the Gold go. Coast. Okay, well, what did we get for that? You got Lewis Young. Oh, that was part of it. Yeah, from Western Bulldogs. So Western Bulldogs Three-way. receive a third okay. round pick. Yep. Um, Carlton received Lewis Young, and West Coast received Sam Petrescu Seaton. Oh, I'm not sure about well, that. Well, he wanted he wanted to go. Um, yeah, it's, it's no point really having someone players. that wants to, you know, leave um, family from Western Australia and stuff. So, uh, look to me. Um, um, unfortunately, I think we they kind of played him. The Blues played him out of position a bit. Uh, they played him as a uh, defender back um, when I think he should have been more in the midfield. So he didn't get enough time, um, and it was going to be a hard midfield to break into now anyway. So maybe he saw that Chera was going to happen and things like that. So yeah, I um, mean, but it's it's strange because that's an equally hard midfield to break into over on West Coast. We mm-hmm. all know their midfield is absolutely stacked. That's not where they need help, West Coast Eagles. They need help in the forward line and the back line. Um, but I guess if he wants to be home, he wants to be home. We can't really stop players from going home, can we? Yeah, interesting. Uh, and a couple of the rumours. Here we go. I love the rumours. <laughs> um, this is my favourite part of the rumours, and they're just ridiculous trade um, ideas that people come up with. Well, um, actually, I have one off the boat. because I oh, didn't, here we go. I woke here up go. this morning, and um, I was very confused. I didn't know whether it was a dream. And I think actually it was a dream. I thought I'd read it somewhere, but it was definitely a dream because when I said it out loud uh, and asked my North Melbourne fan friend, (laughs) it looked at me a bit strange. Um, I had a dream that uh, Mason Cox went to North Melbourne. Oh, dear. Well, he's actually... Strange. He's he's clearly um, up for debate this this off-season. I mean... 
he's been one of those guys who absolutely adores his club, doesn't he? He mm. loves the Magpies. He wants to be around the Magpies. But the problem is he's, he's not suited for that team. He's not good enough to be what they need him to be. They, I feel like they could have they played him out of uh, position a bit. I think, yes, it good at times he was good as a centre-half, but maybe more a ruck role maybe might have been better for him. I agree, but he's also, the problem with that is he doesn't have the speed for a ruck. We all see yeah. with Max Storm, Nick Nui <laughs> these days. Um, you need to be a, a fit, mm. speedy ruck to move around the field with ease. And he he's 30 years old. He's not getting any younger. And he's cle- clearly he's the best part of his footy days are behind him. So um, he's got very little value. And clearly the Magpies don't want him anymore. They've been asking around. And you might be right. North might pick him up as a bit of a Ben Brown replacement for the forward line. But even then, I don't see the point, really. If they don't want Ben mm. Brown, I don't think they're going to no. want Mason Cox. Um, and especially if they're trying to do a full-on rebuild. I feel like you'd be Absolutely. wasting your time. Um, I agree more. So some um, of the big rumours? Yep. Yeah, um, well, Rory Lobb has decided he wants to go back to GWS. He has spent the past... Uh, two years in Frio playing for them after being traded um, from GWS. Now he wants to go back home to GWS. Um, it's odd, not going to lie. I don't know why he's doing it. Clearly he wants to be back in New South Wales. That must be the driving force behind this because from all reports, he's currently on a $700,000 salary a year, which is massive for what, for what he is essentially, which is a ruck forward. I know they're in hot commodity, but that's a lot for a guy who did, he struggled to break into the um, the team. Um, he will have to take a significant pay cut, I reckon, if he wants to go back to GWS. There's no way around it because Frio are very happy to keep him. They 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 think they he will play for them if um if he does if they can't make a trade happen and um they will refuse to pay for any of his salary if GWS take him on i think which is very fair they they're not expected to pay for the salary especially if they're happy to keep him um and they can afford to keep him um but um it's interesting um and clearly they want a big draft pick for him which they're entitled to get for him i mean it's out of nowhere he's still got 2 years left on the contract um it it's very interesting to see i mean they could pick up I thought Stephen Keneally could be on the trade table, but clearly he's not. It's all about picks. Um, so they've got picks 2 and 13, Jedeverse. I wonder if that 13 goes over to Freo for him. So we'll see how it goes. Um, but you mentioned someone else, didn't you? You mentioned um, Bobby Hill, didn't you? Bobby Hill, yep. Yeah, he might be off to Freo because... Hill is contracted for the next year, but is managed by the same agency as Lobb, who has two seasons remaining on his deal at Fremantle, which that could be interesting. I mean, Bobby Hill could be a huge get for Frio. He's such an energetic player, and um, he's clearly got more to give. So um, if they manage to get Bobby Hill into the deal, then I don't see why this deal couldn't go ahead. Definitely, definitely. He'd be a good sit for Fremantle. So Fremantle might be walking away. Yes, they've lost Chera, but they might... Um, they might get away with this one. You're right. They've got their draft hands epic. We so, should um, um, we should do a thing at the end of the trade period and do our you know top three teams that really won the trade period. I That'd couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. All right. When we come back, uh, more interesting football stuff to talk about is the international break, but a bit of Premier League and the Socceroos, of course, are playing some international friendlies. Uh, that's all up next on the sports desk. 
Uh, but right now, it's MGMT. Time, for, time to pretend on the sports desk. MGMT, time to pretend on the sports desk on your Friday morning. And I thought just before we get into the football, uh, the Spring Carnival uh, also kicks off this weekend. A few Group 1s, the Caulfield Guineas, uh, and a few of the big race days start. Um, so, yeah, good time for it, Spring. Some nice weather this week. Uh, hopefully don't get rained out. Uh, hopefully uh, the weather's all right, although I think it is raining a bit tomorrow. But uh, we'll see. But time for the Premier League. And so there's no Premier League this weekend, having a week off uh, for international break. Uh, but a few of the results from last weekend. I had a great weekend last weekend, a few games. Man United drawed with Everton 1-1. Chelsea defeated Southampton 3-1. Wolves defeated Newcastle 2-1. Uh, Burnley uh, drew with Norwich 0-0. Leeds United defeated Watford 1-0. Brighton and Arsenal uh, drawed 0-0. Tottenham defeated Aston Villa 2-1. Brentford defeated West Ham 2-1. Crystal Palace and Leicester City, late comeback from Crystal Palace. Uh, so it finished 2-2. And, of course, the game of the round, Liverpool versus Man City, 2-2. Um, and a few of those um, quickly before we get into the main game. The Brentford and West Ham, amazing late late strike uh, from them to draw it up. Uh, oh, sorry, to win. Um, at uh, West Ham's home ground and uh, late from Crystal Palace as well on the Sunday. They've moved a few of those goal rush games to the Sunday and they're, <laughs> whew, cracker, the cracker of a season this season is going to be. It is blown my mind already. But the big game, Liverpool-Man City, game of the year. Um, Absolutely. Couldn't whew. agree more. So far, best game I've seen in a long, long time, yep. especially between two EPL teams. That was awesome. That second half is one of the best second halves ever. It's just so good to watch. End to end. It was honestly like a FIFA game. Um, and even the commentary, um, Peter Jury was saying uh, Salah's goal, which if you've not seen it, um, go watch it. Um, absolutely incredible. He, his line was like, um, you can't possibly do that without using a joystick. <laughs> um, just, oh. But one of the hardest away fixtures, I think, in the Premier League, um, Liverpool. Um, and generally, when you hear that play singing, you'll never walk alone. Oh, it's just chills. doesn't matter who you go for. Um, one of the most powerful songs in football. And they're away fans. I'd love to go for an away game there. That would be fantastic. Um, great support over there. Um, but yeah, ended 2-2. Yeah, it was 0-0 at halftime. And then... it. Totally switched on. It terrified me, actually, because Man City dominated that first half. Uh, yes, couldn't get did. a score in. And then the game turned on its head. Liverpool just came out. Um, and it was goal for goal. Each time we equalised, mm-hmm. Phil Foden, uh, fantastic effort from him. Um, everyone's saying, like, you don't have a striker. This is the problem you're going to have. But he is the future <laughs> up-and-coming striker. He, he is, clearly. Um, he's growth rapidly and... Uh, a great story if you don't know it. Uh, Phil Foden been in the academy since he was about six or seven years old, so grown up. There's footage of him on the side of the pitch. I think he walked out with Aguero as one of the little mascots once and stuff. So being a part of that club for a long time, so I'm sure it's a dream come true for him. So great performance from him, and then De Bruyne. Um, 
sealed the draw. And, and then Rodri, what a save from Rodri. It was an open goal and Rodri slid in, stopped the ball that from going That was huge. In. Best I tackle. Thought, like, couldn't agree more. I thought, oh, that's it. That's game there. Because that was, he looked completely frankly, he looked like the only human being on the field at that time. And then just out of nowhere, just slid in. That was just amazing to watch. Um, great game of football. This is what we want to see between the best teams in the, in yeah. the league, isn't it? Well, this it did perfect. make me think, um, like, oh, I know it was four in the morning, but most of the neighbours were probably woken up by me <laughs> <laughs> screaming at the TV. But it did make me think, because there is no finals in the Premier League, these are the finals. These big, Absolutely. big rivalry games from big clubs, they are the essentially the finals. So... Um, crazy stuff. Um, so that's what we want to see, and we want to see more of it, but we're going to have to wait another week. Uh, but a, a couple of U UEFA Nations Leagues game this morning. Uh, actually, yesterday, Spain defeated Italy 2-1. Ferran Torres uh, got a brace, two goals in there. Um, and then Italy got one back late. Belgium also played France this morning, but as a recording, don't have the result for that. So the loser of um, Belgium and France will play the match in third place against Italy uh, on Monday morning at midnight. And the final, Spain will take on either the winner of Belgium or France. But, boy, that's a big, big outing. Uh, France pretty went out early in the Euros from memory. Um, so probably want to be answering themselves. But Belgium is a big club. Lukaku, De Bruyne... You can't argue with that. That's going to be a good game. Or what's a good game? <laughs> um, and, of course, the Socceroos. I uh, love seeing a bit of Socceroos action. Uh, their last two outings, they defeated uh, Vietnam 1-0. Remember, that game was pretty scrappy. And before that, we defe defeated China 3-0. Uh, we played Oman this morning. Don't have the result of that yet. Hopefully, it's positive. Um, but Tuesday, we take on Japan. I think that's going to be another big fixture. Japan are really Huge good game, that one, absolutely. They've lost a few so far. Uh, Japan, I think, I look at the table um, yeah. for Australia. Group one. B, we're sitting yeah. on top. So as long as everything goes well, we should be making, I'm pretty sure, I think it's the top four go through the World Cup. Um, I'm pretty sure. So Saudi Arabia is sitting there in second. I mean, this is, of course, without this morning's results counted but japan are fourth have lost one so they'll be e eager to get some some back so hopefully that goes well and we get ever closer to the world cup and no um, i mean that's where you want to be isn't it sammy poor yeah that's on the bucket list world cup <laughs> um always you know i know we're pretty we're, we're coming good we're coming good australia it's just hard being a nation that's segregated so far away but that's always been a goal whether we lose just to go overseas and i can never represent the team on the field but i can represent represent the team off field <laughs> the few oh, absolutely <laughs> so, uh so yeah that's all for football when we come back we're going to wrap the show up and that'll be us for this morning on the sports desk on your friday morning glass animals i don't want to talk on the sports desk and just before we wrap up, a couple of more things I forgot to mention. The NBA preseason, uh, Jack. Oh, yes. How have you been uh, seeing some of that? I know, I don't know if you've seen the footage of the American uh, weatherman. He's really hating Ben Simmons. Uh, he was filthy, the man <laughs> in the bow tie. Um, uh, so what's happened with him and how are some of the Australians doing in the preseason and when can we see them? 
Well, most Australians are having a positive time. I mean, the preseason really is for the players who don't get a lot of game time in the regular season. They're just here to prove themselves. A lot of rookies, a lot of international pickups. Um, a lot for Australia. I mean, we've had um, Jock Landale, and we've had. Um, Oh, here we go. Now now you're testing me. I mean, Paddy Mills playing for Brooklyn. Um, um, Simon Bynes. There's heaps of them. But um, Ben Simmons is absolutely having a shocker. Um, he's losing money hand over fist. Um, he's desperate for a trade out of Philadelphia for no apparent reason. Then he messed up one time and the fans didn't don't like him anymore. Um, everyone's turned on Ben Simmons a little bit. I think that's the sentiment going around that... Um, Americans, Australians, we're all a bit over his antics, and um, yep. it'll be very interesting. Very interesting to see where he ends up. Um, a lot of teams aren't interested. He doesn't have a lot of value because of how poor he was last season. Um, there is, I, my bet is he will head to the Minnesota Timberwolves, where they're going to have to give up the bank to Philly to get him. Um, so it's just going to be interesting to see. Um, I think um, his time in Philadelphia is certainly done, though. Yeah, interesting. Uh, interesting to see. Uh, the, I think there was a footage. I was just reading an article where he was um, in, in some of the preseason games. They poor, for, did an easy bit of play around him, and he's looking a bit rusty. Uh, yeah, which which is interesting. Uh, maybe he wouldn't have been so rusty if he, you know, played in an Olympic tournament or something to couldn't to agree more. Engaged. <laughs> yeah, um, it's all it's all uh, unraveling for him. I mean, he chooses not to play in the Australian team to try and win finals, and then he just absolutely bombs out of finals. And now he's gone. He's basically seeking a team away from finals. I mean, Minnesota Timberwolves are way off anywhere playing playoffs. So he will spend the next few years of in the league just being nothing really and um, playing day in day out, not making finals, not succeeding, and just getting losses. So. um He's it's all turned terribly for Ben Simmons. Yes, interesting. Uh, and I'm pretty sure we're not far away too um, from a few other leagues starting if you're uh, not into football but you're having a bit of a low time trying to watch some sports. I know the NFL's underway. I don't know much about the Absolutely NFL. Absolutely, it so. is. No, it's going great. It's been excellent. It's a great season. They've, um, COVID really messed up the NFL last season. I felt there was a lot of issues with player... Um, availability because no player they decided not to do the, the quarantine angle and just hope for the best with contact tracing did not work for them but um they've got their act together now and all the players are playing and we've had some excellent games um the nhl will be starting up very soon in america's winter which i love the hockey it's going to be awesome fun so um yeah we'll see how it goes Yep, and uh, the dates for the Big Bash League, if you're into that, the 5th of, De- oh, 5th yeah. of December is when that kicks up. Uh, next week, I think we'll talk about, uh, they've got some potential new rule changes again. Um, oh, no. We, <laughs> we talked about this last year. Oh, and uh, if you're excited about Cricket 2, you know, we've got the Ashes now coming. The Cricket 22, the video game, is not far from coming out uh, as well, so... That's a bit interesting. Uh, but that wraps us up on the sports desk this morning. Remember, you can catch us on our socials uh, and catch the podcast if you missed anything. We'll be back next Friday morning with some more uh, engaging sport news. And uh, we'd love to hear from you across the socials uh, if you've enjoyed the show. So we'll catch you then. This has been the Sports Desk with Sam and Jack uh, on your Friday morning. We'll see you next week. This is Zoom, where young people run the show.